Coming up on This Week in Games, THQ Nordic has a massive week of acquisitions. Russian publisher Midoc Games announces a digital storefront, and Activision Blizzard has a C-suite shuffle. Coming up, This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and this was a major week for one company that isn't well-known here in the United States. Plus, we had a few fundraising rounds for some fledgling studios and some management shuffles. All right, first off, I'm late. It's Tuesday. I normally release this on Sunday. I had family in town, and I couldn't really put the effort into this week in games that I wanted to, especially given the main story this week. So let's kick it off. The main story this week is THQ Nordic. So THQ Nordic made a number of acquisitions this week, and I wanted to take a step back and look at the company that seemingly came out of nowhere just a few years ago to kind of, you know, popping up every month in this week in games. So first, to clear the confusion, there is a THQ Nordic GmbH, I don't even know how that's pronounced, which is a subsidiary of THQ Nordic AB, the parent holding company. Now I'm going to refer to the parent holding company, THQ Nordic. So Nordic Games was formed in 2008 in Sweden. They basically operated as kind of a low-tier European publishing company and mostly did karaoke and rhythm games for the first few years. You can think of like Sing Sing and Just Dance and other, you know, other type of karaoke and rhythm games. Now, in 2011, Nordic Games acquired Jewood Entertainment, makers of many titles, but I kind of know them for the popular RPG series Gothic and popular generous, but... Uh, Gothic had some diehard fans. 2013 was a big year when THQ, a once major U.S. publisher, went bankrupt and Nordic Games acquired a number of major assets for $4.9 million. That's it. $4.9 million. And they got major assets, which means over 150 games, including Darksiders and the Red Faction series. So 2013 also saw a number of franchise franchise acquisitions where Kind of Nordic Games would go out and buy an entire franchise, but not exactly the studio and company. They bought the Desperados series, and they launched some smaller studios of their own, like Grimoire Games. Um, 2014, Nordic Games acquired the rights to THQ Trademark and started renaming themselves THQ Nordic. From there, more acquisitions all the way to 2016's IPO on NASDAQ First North Market. Now, THQ Nordic then went on to acquire Coke Media Holdings in 2018, holdings company Coffee Stain Holdings, and recently investment group Goodbye Kansas Game Invest, which just happened this week and I'll cover it later. THQ Nordic now has over eight studios under Coke Media, over 10 studios under THQ Nordic's GmbH subsidiary, and over 10 plus under Coffee Stain and Goodbye Kansas, with hundreds and hundreds of IP brands, game franchises, all within these holding companies. So. This Swedish company is now kind of a global gaming powerhouse that most people aren't even aware of. Like, if you talk to any, like, regular person and say, oh, what do you think about THQ Nordic? They have no clue. They're like, THQ, I remember they used to make terrible movie games or something, you know? <laughs> and, like, no one's ever even heard of them. But everyone's heard of EA, Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft, but not this company. They don't do airplane hangar size E3 booths like EA or Activision. They don't fund award-winning AAA game studios like Sony or Microsoft, but they arguably hold more studios and IP than any other publisher out there. So 
The first story of the week about THQ Nordic is THQ Nordic acquires Goodbye Kansas Game Invest. So Goodbye Kansas was an investment firm. They own shares in smaller studios. So for right under $4 million, again, just like the original THQ acquisition, THQ Nordic now owns investments in five game studios. Palindrome Interactive, 50% of that. Fall Damage, 50% of that. Neon Giant, 24%. Caval- Cavalry Games, 21%. And Framebucker, 21%. Great price, you know, for all these shares. And um, all but one are currently working on their first game. So four, $4 million is a pretty good shot on goal to have a chance at one of these as a big success. Next up, THQ Nordic acquires Gunfire Games, the developers behind Darksiders. So for an undisclosed amounts, THQ Nordic acquires Gunfire Games, all 63 employees, and all Gunfire Games IP. They already own the Darksiders IP, so I don't really know what additional IP came with that, but something did. And THQ Nordic worked with Gunfire Games to publish their last three projects, including the 2018 titled Darksiders 3. Makes sense just to bring them under the umbrella. You already own everything else. (laughs) Next story this week, THQ Nordic buys Milestone Interactive, an Italian racing studio. So this is a bit more interesting. Milestone Interactive, developer of kind of Eurocentric, as I call them, racing titles like MotoGP, MotoGP, MXGP, and Ride. They were acquired by THQ Nordic in a deal worth almost $50 million, which is quite a lot. Um, Earnout for Milestone Interactive is reported to be almost double if the racing studio meets its target earnouts. And racing titles aren't well known outside of Europe, but Milestone's kind of EBITDAO, which is earnings before interest, taxes, blah, 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 is over $15 million annually. So something's working there. Um, and then uh, next up, THQ Nordic of confirms they are working on a new Saints Row game. So during the earnings report that kind of all these massive acquisitions were announced, THQ Nordic confirmed that at least two new AAA game releases will be released in the next year and a half and hinted that one of them would be a new entry in the Saints Row game series. Also makes sense. Finally, in a move to end the confusion between holding parent company THQ Nordic AB and one of its gaming subsidiaries, THQ Nordic GmbH, Um, The board of THQ Nordic AB has proposed renaming the parent company to Embracer Group. So that makes sense. Well, there you have it. So kind of it's like you have this small company who is publishing, I don't know, like Sing Sing (laughs) ripoffs. And like, you know, oh, God, in a matter of 10 years, you know, they own, again, arguably they own so much old IP and just like old franchises and the rights to old games and so many studios and investments it's it's very strange it's very strange to see them like raise money buy out stuff that people forgot or someone would never like totally look at glue it all together in a giant mess and then like their company value is multiplied by an insane amount and then they go raise money again so um honestly i think 2021 people will start talking about thq nordic like i think right now Still going to be unknown, but, you know, with more AAA releases, showing that they can actually deliver on publishing, showing that these studios will all continue to work well under this parent holding company, you know, they could be a big player. So I want to I wanted everyone to kind of remember the name THQ Nordic. You heard it here first. And uh, they could be up there with Take-Two, EA, Activision, Blizzard, and Ubisoft, um, Bethesda, and a few of the others next year maybe two years, maybe three years, but yeah, big moves. All right. 
non-THQ Nordic news. Um, MyDoc Games, the gaming owner of Russian Czech giant Mail.ru, or sorry, MyDoc Games is is the gaming arm of Mail.ru. I I don't know. I just whenever I see MyDoc Games, I just think My.ru um, announces a digital storefront. So I don't know. This wasn't anything special, but. <laughs> kind of interesting so launching in q4 2019 mydoc games digital store will offer premium free-to-play titles and give developers kind of the standard 70 30 split which is pretty unfavorable at this point especially if you're a smaller um, company mydoc games will support loot dog which is a digital items to real money service also known as money laundering and gambling facilitator so uh, i guess things are different in russia <laughs> i said keep an eye out for mydoc games um, they have a storefront up now. I expect them, you know, the storefront not to do much, but really, I, I really see them as a future publishers of first person shooters because Russia's loves their first person shooters. So, you know, give it a bit of time. Um, uh, you'll start probably seeing exclusivities of first person shooters being on MyDoc games and yeah, we'll have to just see, you know, how the Kremlin's <laughs> gaming arm does all right let's get into some business news singularity raises 16.5 million dollars in a series a so singularity it's a new studio formed by former riot developers raises series a to the tune of 16.5 million led by andresen horowitz and seed investors london venture partner so i covered their seed round where they claim they're making kind of this social simulation games now they say their first game is a high fantasy social simulation online multiplayer title. I guess that's another way of saying MMORPG. <laughs> I don't like why do you, why do you even try? Like just say what it is. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like making fantasy MMOs at this point. The last probably successful fantasy MMO, Black Desert Online, and again came out of Korea. <sighs> MMOs just light money on fire in development. If you guys don't know, like just think about the art assets and everything and all the content that has to go into an MMO and all the asymmetric game design to make sure all the starting locations and races and story and blah, 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 blah is all even. Like MMOs are a massive nightmare. $16 million is a drop in the bucket. So good luck, former Riot developers. Hopefully you're, uh, you got a nice thrifty plan there and uh you got great investors so we'll have to see and speaking of mmos claim games raises over 22 million dollars in their series b so the spatial os mmo developer has raised a hefty series b led by novator and also includes strangely lego's venture fund so that's interesting Kling has raised over 37 million dollars to date for their mmo seed which is sold as a more of a life simulator than rpg which okay allowing characters to continue their work and simulating play when the player that owns the character is logged off. So you're playing World of Warcraft, you're playing your undead warlock, you're an Ogremar, you're like making alchemist crap, and you log off, your character stays there and actually continues whatever the hell he's doing. Um, and then you log back on and you continue where your character laid off. Or Yeah, so it's an interesting concept. I can't say I, I can think of a single game that has ever done this. Maybe games... The, the extent is like some games allow you to like AFK become a vendor. So there's that. But yeah, I haven't seen anything that done to this. I love big, ambitious games that could potentially be game changers for really stale genres like MMOs. But man, I really don't like to see an entire company build off of one ambitious dream project 
that basically lights money on fire during development and the odds are definitely against them and on top of that they're using spatial os which is like an amazing concept but frankly hasn't as far as i am concerned it hasn't proved itself as in a mass market kind of environment with like millions of concurrent players so the odds are against them but good luck to them um i hope you guys knock it out of the park cling let's see what you do all right a little bit of bad news service delivery subscription delivery service loot crate files for bankruptcy and lays off over 50 employees so loot crate was a physical subscription box kind of you got like a monthly i think it was a monthly box of crap it focused on gaming. you would get codes for like indie games and swag and plushies and like gamer grub and like mountain dew or something i don't know um sadly they laid off 150 employees and have had major layoffs every year since 2016. So things haven't been good for a while. <laughs> um, this round, employees were laid off without warning or severance. Loot Crate's parent company has given them $10 million on loan to keep the company on life support, but probably not going to turn out well. I can't say I'm surprised gaming is a really generally niche market and a very focused industry. Like You generally like fighting games, or you like first-person shooters, or you like one first-person shooters, or you like fantasy games or you you know you're you're not like i there are lots of people who buy wide variety varieties of games but i don't know what the venn diagram is of dota players and madden players so it's really hard to kind of like do a physical subscription box service like this for you know all that is gaming so and you know these physical boxes also you generally have to have essentials that cause people to buy it every month right so if you do like the shaving kits, right, you need the shaving blades and then you throw in there like soap or toothbrush or other crap. But with a gaming box, what are the essentials? Like what are the things you're going to get every time? Is it going to be exclusive snacks? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they are. So uh, hard business. Sorry to, sorry to the 50 of you guys who lost your jobs this week. All right, let's get some people shake up. So Activision Blizzard appoints two new C-suite members. So the new chief marketing officer will be David Messenger, and the new chief people officer will be Claudine Nodden. Messenger comes from the Walt Disney Company, Ticketmaster, Verum Ventus, and CAA Marketing for the Creative Artists Agency, where he was also a co-founder. Nodden comes from American International Group. The old CPO, the old chief people officer, will move to a senior advisor position, and the CMO has been somewhat, I guess, unoccupied before this appointment, so good on them um pretty interesting chief people officer i don't really i guess that's the head of hr and moving to a senior advisor eh, it's hard to say don't really think they were pushed out probably just halfway retiring and wanting to sit on boards and get paid lots of money makes sense uh chief marketing officer got a lot of uh got a lot of uh good companies under them creative artists agencies no joke either so We'll have to see what happens. I assume they're all going to be focused on esports. That seems to be Activision Blizzard's like whole thing now. Focus on the esports scene, Overwatch League. Um, they even they're even pushing hard for World of Warcraft Arena leagues, which I, I find pretty surprising. But hey, if it works, it works. All right, next up, Tim Longo, creative director of Three Four Three Industries, departs after six years. So Longo worked on Halo Five Guardians, and was currently the creative director on Halo Infinite. The executive producer, Mary Olson, will take over as the creative lead for the rest of that project. 
I don't really know. Uh, I've heard the name Tin Longo a few times. Um, can't really say that much. So don't know how big of a hit this is to Halo Infinite. But I imagine if your creative director kind of leaves mid-development, maybe not a good sign. I don't know. All right. That's it for this week in games. I'm Aaron McConnell. Again, sorry I was late. But this Sunday, you'll have a fresh new episode and probably not focused on THQ Nordic the whole time. All right. Take care. <laughs>